only connecting with my lovely friend all the way on the other side of the pond through the fires, through the smoke, through the, oh my God, we've been through every, through Venus retrograde, trying to connect for weeks now, I think. Anyway, I want to introduce my wonderful, magical, rather kind of new friend, but I feel like I've known you forever, Anne Louise Holland of, uh, you might know her more from Venus Investa. And we were saying it's kind of like how I'm with the Saturn sisters. It depends on which way you came to know you, I suppose, right? Yes, that's exactly it, because we, we were kind of uh, connecting because of each other's uh, Venus Investor and Saturn sisters. So um, it came through from the names, from the, the planets, really. That's right. I love that. And um, yeah, and we, we've had such a, uh, such a terrible time trying to get together, I think, over this Venus retrograde. We wanted to do this podcast weeks ago. Yes, and, 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 and we were stopped at every opportunity, but, but now it's happening. We're like, okay, I know. It's like, it feels like the apocalypse in San Francisco right now. So I'm like, okay, there's no more time to waste. We're going to make everything happen today, Sunday, November. And it's the, it's the portal today, 11, 11, 11. It's one of those. It, is the, it is the portal. Yes. Are you feeling that? What do you think about these portals? Well, you know, I, I don't, because I concentrate so much on the astrology, I don't necessarily concentrate on the numerology, but I have to say every day this week, I've picked up my phone at 11, 11 and gone, oh gosh, you know, crikey, that, that, this is happening. This is real. Um, so um, I kind of think it's seen just opportunities and, and if we're aware of them, that's great. You know, otherwise they're just passing us by and, and um, it's just, you, we can make more out of these things when we know they're there. Yes, I totally agree. And I, it does feel like, I mean, I guess case in point, like us actually manifesting this podcast after weeks, maybe it, it, it at least at the very least supports your intentions, right? Yes, exactly. It took us a while to get there, but I think that's, you know, it's retrograde. There's been retrogrades all this year. So, and there will be when the Venus ends this whole year we started off with all planets in direct motion for um, about six weeks and then boom 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 we went through, wow. through the, whole, the whole year's been heavy retrogrades oh my god i know and we're gonna have one the irony is the day that venus stations yeah. out of retrograde we have mercury stationing stationing to go retrograde i know the whole this is the whole year so everyone's going 2019 bring it on <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like if we can make it over, if we can cross over into 2019. Yeah. And so since Venus is your specialty, I'd love mm -hmm. to get your thoughts so far. So here we are. We're in the final days of the Venus retrograde now as we speak, where Venus is, you know, in her, yeah, last five days, I suppose, if you want to, without counting the shadow. Yes, which, you know, she, she's, I think that there's been almost like four or five parts to this because, of course, she's in the, um, the morning star at the beginning where she's um, the, the war goddess and when she's in front of the sun and she's in Scorpio and then she changes into being the, the evening star and she's still in Scorpio and then she's the evening star in Libra as well and then she goes back the other way, obviously, and becomes uh, the morning star again, but but um, not for a while. So I kind of, there's little sh different shades to this, but I think at each end, people do get caught up when, it, when she turns around. And it is, it's like a ripping off of a plaster and we've actually got to look at this stuff. So in some ways, yes, it's something to be feared, but everyone every now and again likes to look what's going on underneath the plaster. Mm -hmm. and uh, but if you have been ignoring the past I think it's just going to hurt more but when she comes back uh, and that's kind of the Scorpio ele element of this that we are ripping off this plaster and we are going to have a look at what we really what what we're feeling inside and and maybe ignoring but when you get back to the Libra there's a whole sense of we can make this so much better you know this is this is healing now this is this is working for the good so yeah. The Venus retrograde net, we're getting into a much better phase of it for her to turn around and go back the other way. Yes, when, when she comes out of the retrograde in her home sign of Libra, I think she's going to be strong, although she's still, I think you meant to say the opposite, right? She's, he's, she's actually um, morning star now. She started yes. as evening star. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, easy yeah. to, it's easy to mix them up, but just, just for clarity's sake, yeah, so she's actually now in the, she's now in the morning, morning star phase and she's still considered in the lucifer phase yes or the yes. phosphorus phase yeah so she's still they say any um 
love affairs or, you know, dealings that happen during this darker phase of Venus um, can lead to rather obsessive and detrimental outcomes. Yes. Well, it's funny because I have known people um, that um, have, say, what we would, uh, I hate to use this term, unlucky in love, but yeah. I have known some really unlucky in love people get together in the Venus retrograde and now are married. And um, so I kind of think that, you know, you have to look at each individual because I think if, if you have been going through a really hard time, sometimes yeah. you'd need that plaster to come off, have a look at it and go, yeah you know, I can turn this around. And I think that's what Venus retrograde can do. I love um, that. Yeah. And if you're ignoring it and you're not having a hard time, you're having a wonderful time, sometimes you, you don't want Venus to go retrograde, that's for sure. So it, I don't think it's the same rule for everyone. Do, do you no, agree? I, I completely agree. And actually, I think it tends to be, it, it is totally a case by case. I'm just, was just kind of, and I feel that, I mean, personally, I was born with a Venus retrograde so for me, I actually really love the Venus retrogrades for the most part. Although, I mean, I definitely can see some of the deleterious effects and, you know, some of the more classic, you know, just things beautiful gone awry. I mean, even now looking at my beautiful city and it's like covered in ash, feels very Venus retrograde. I mean, it's obviously beyond that, but just, you know, it's, it's like, it, I'm just using that as a metaphor. It's kind of like when something that you're used to extracting beauty on the outside suddenly becomes covered in some kind of, yeah some kind of soot or some something you know something that's not as beautiful and, and, and as beautiful but we have to find it more on the inside yes and the process you have to go through to clean up the city as it were and to to clean it up suddenly it becomes even better than before you know you discover yeah. things in that process so um yeah so if you're if you're up for this process then i think you may discover some gems Yes, and there is beauty underneath. I do. I think that's a beautiful um, point that if we're willing to, especially with the Venus retrograde, if we're willing to do the deeper work on our relationships or our relationship to ourselves or our relationship to beauty that I've definitely felt, especially since Venus has gone back into Libra, so much sweetness, like on a deep, deep inner level. I mean, I have also experienced, I have to say Venus retrograde, it's not that it cuts out all the beauty. I've, I've in some ways, you know, what I've noticed actually is this interesting contrast. It's like from like the most beautiful, like some, definitely some of the most beautiful moments I've ever had in my life have happened under Venus retrogrades or during Venus retrogrades. I but I've also noticed it's always this weird, it's, it's like you have to see both sides of Venus. Like there's definitely the shadow too. I noticed that I'll be having, I'll be like in the midst of like the most beautiful experience and then something like the next day, something really tragic you know unbeautiful happens is that a word <laughs> yes yes and and also that out of tragedy sometimes those most beautiful things do appear um you know that when someone gets hurt they then become uh, um become the you know the flag flying person that um changes things around and and um you know carry, carries everyone else to a better place and i also think it's a bit like the the japanese when they have broken something that, you know, they, they fix it back together and then, then it has its beauty. If it's perfect, there is no beauty in it because it's the same as everything else. And, and they need uh, mm. something with a crack in a little worn on the side or, and, and that's the beauty. So that's, that's a great point. That doesn't get talked about enough that beauty often comes from those flaws, what we would consider a flaw. Like it's, it's often those, like those imperfections perhaps yes. that then, bring your eye to that detail, which then becomes the unique beauty. It, 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 absolutely, definitely. And it's those things that you share when we talk about love and in relationships, that there's little quirks that you have together that I think make it um, so unique and so um, intimate between you and someone else. Yes, yes, definitely. Or after having gone through tragedy or difficulty or less than beautiful, perfect moments in your relationship when you can withstand those fires, and come out the other side that there's even a deeper beauty and intimacy usually between the two people. So there's, there's that too. And, and I feel, you know, the retrograde Venus tends to bring up those karmic cycles for us in relationship and also to money. I mean, we're talking a lot about relationship, but also I feel it has a lot to do with our relationship to money and val our values and feeling our worth has been another yes. 
and and I thought at the big well, the the very first day that Venus went retrograde, we had the uh, Banksy sold his art in Sotheby's, and the minute the gavel went down, that the piece of art started to shred and self destruct, and that's absolutely he's and Banksy's saying to us as is Venus retrograde, look, you know, what are your values, you know, um, and you know we're all looking at this this painting or this wow. drawing that he did, which, yeah. which is basically just a girl in a balloon that he's going, well, because it's him and because we value it so much and now he's destroying it. It was a very uh, good play out of um, Venus retrograde. You know, check your values. Are they are they in the right place? Yeah, that's, that's profound, yeah. I hadn't even made that connection. I love that. Yeah, tell me some other things you've witnessed so far since October 5th from watching yeah. different aspects and things. What, what other things have stood out for you in terms of lessons or just kind of Less, well, uh, do you, we mustn't forget that she does rule money. And for me, she rules my house of resources. So yes, this is, this is about money. And there was, um, I wasn't, I was really not happy about selling my flat and, mm. and I was clinging on. And suddenly I've got to a place because um, of certain things that have happened that I'm now happy to sell the flat. I'm so no, happy to, I'm happy about it. I've come to a good place. Mm. And, and that's definitely, I had to get to this place to enable myself to move on. But then out of that, I might not have to sell it. I could stay here because I've let go. And I really feel that that's, that's my Venus, one of my Venus retrograde lessons. So that happened mm. to me personally. Mm, that's yeah and why why did you have to sell the flat well no i just had to sell it from this was something i knew i had to do in the summer it was something that was oh. coming along just to, and 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 um i wasn't happy about it so no i'm not good i had, was so determined not to sell and then someone showed me this amazing uh palatial um sort of mm. uh, mansion down in the country mm. and I can make a yoga retreat and a spiritual retreat down there. And I got really excited and thought, right, yeah, I can let go of this house. And so it was that kind of, yeah. Are you buying the other place? Well, I, well, that was, that was the thing. So I hadn't thought of that. So it was a real um, opening for me to realize that I, I was going to be okay if I let go of this place. I see. That, yes. Yeah, wonderful. And didn't you have like a, a burglary or something happened yes, to you? Well, that was it. It was the burglary that kind of helped me let go, really. Wow. Because you know, I was That's having such a retrogression to it and then the burglary happened and then I was shown this other place and I thought and it was like a, a, you know a series of little events during this Venus retrograde that made me go yeah and and obviously Venus retrograde I get a burglary and she rules my house of, of resources and so yeah the eighth house right you're talking or second sorry my second house yes oh, second okay because some people think the eighth is resources too but yeah like fi actual finances yes yeah. second house Ooh, okay yeah what is your what is your rising my rising is virgo so oh, okay. i i have i have a leap my, my venus is in leo and oh. um but my rising sign is virgo and i have a scorpio moon so I've, i'm quite scorpionic like yourself yes and uh yeah I'm a, I'm a leo too as well as having venus in leo um i just, I just found out my favorite my hero um uh, rbg do you know her our, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she has a Scorpio moon. Actually, I just found out. I was like, what is making her so fierce? Because she's a Pisces sun. And I wanted to know what is this fierce, you know, indestructible quality to her? You know, she's like in her 80s still doing push-ups. And she unfortunately wow. just broke some ribs, but she'll be back probably any day doing more push-ups and back, you know, back at it. But I was like, well, what is her chart? She does have Pluto trying the sun also, but she's got a Scorpio moon. And have you, is your moon Scorpio too? Not my moon, but I have my Vesta, speaking of Vesta, which we'll talk about in a minute, is in Scorpio. I've got Sun, Venus, Jupiter, Vesta, and Mercury. Yeah. All in Scorpio. Got a lot of Scorpio. Well, the Scorpio moon thing, I was just at a post with uh, Elizabeth Taylor, who obviously married eight times and remarried Richard Burton. I would love to look up the dates there to see if yeah. they match with the Venus retrograde. Yeah. And um, yes, she has um, a Scorpio moon too. Was she so, born under Venus retrograde? Um, no, she doesn't have a Venus retrograde, but I'd like to know if it, it, um, if it was in shadow or, um, you know, some, something was going on there, but her Venus is conjunct Uranus. So mm. obviously there was something there where she would go back and, and press that button again and again, you know, yeah. inspired and electrified to, to keep moving with that Venus activity.
Yeah, it would be really interesting to see if they had, they were running in a Venus retrograde cycle with all of those get back together breakup. Yeah. I love when that's something I love just to share one of the things I was really drawn to about your work is how you we share that love of bringing in the iconic cultural themes into the astrology like I love that so much when you find out oh okay what's this person's chart like the biography like the astrobiography I used to actually have a twitter called astrobiography twitter handle I kind of sad I let it go but yeah, no, I, I love looking. I kind of look at the chart. So I, when I work, I print off um, a chart for every single day of each month, which might seem the long-handed way to go about it. But I keep looking at the chart and I, I flick through and see what's going on and make notes. And then I suddenly, they come into images. Like, what, who, who, does, who does that? What is that happening at the moment? I can see that. And it suddenly forms within. I say, right, this happened in that film or that person has... has um, you know, uh, married that person or um, spoken out about sexual abuse or something. And then I look into it deeper, say for uh, Rose McGowan and the Me Too campaign and the whole, um, oh, yeah. yeah, so I was looking into her chart and everything sort of fixed like like text, text um, a textbook. I thought, wow, this is really, uh, you suddenly realize how um, these global events, you know, we take astrology so much on a personal level. And I think that's how most people come into astrology, looking at, uh, you know, who are they going to meet and, you know, and uh, you know, what job are they going to get and all the, the sort of more personal things, but actually you see it playing out on the wider scale. And that's, that's part of why my little posts are, are about that. I love that. Yeah. And it bring, really shows the connection to the archetypal that way and the numinous and the, the bigger sort of like our lives more on the big screen, you know, like what are some of the, what are some of the more collective energies driving the time yes. that we're in the time that we're living and the time that we're born in. And I love that too. Like, I love to see like, I mean, people born in the seventies and looking at all the energies of the seventies are very different than people born in the eighties or the sixties, you know, just we're, we're really influenced by those backgrounds. Yes. And, and we, or we don't even know about it until, until you kind of, you know, we'll, we, if you're not into astrology, you don't know about it until you look back and you, you see how it all fits together and how we are all evolving. And it's, um, you know, the spiral, the circle um, that goes, ends up being a spiral. So we meet the same stuff again, but when we meet it again, it's completely changed and we're in a new place and we're seeing it from a new perspective. That's right. That's right. I love that. Um, and yeah. And how did, what inspired you um, with the name Venus Investor? Well, um, I, um, I think I, I think it was the the, the alliteration, the, the double V. But I was always thinking that when you come to astrology, a lot of people want to know what is going on um, with love, and um, I think it's a really good place to start. And so the Venus kind of came first. But when I was in Italy and when I was studying shamanic homeopathy, the Vestal Virgins used to come up. Um, as a topic quite a lot and my whole um, shamanic homeopathy group went out to Italy and we went to some of the places where they had the vestals and and the vestal virgins and um, who Vesta is sort of the asteroid for and um, we were looking at past lives of them and how the you know at, they were you know they had they were quite exalted women um, they used to keep the fires going so there would always be a fire um, it's like we, we just switch on the tap on the tap or the central heating and we expect the fire to be there. But, you know, when um, back in those days, you'd have to start a fire. So if you had the vestals, you could go and pick up a fire on your way home or, or there would always be a fire for Rome burning. And they would also do rituals and um, they would, would look after people. And so people would come to them and say, look, I need this done. What do we have to do? And so they would prepare rituals or you could call them spells, but they weren't seen as witches, more of a priestess role in society. So in that, they would um, come across some quite important people. And I quite like the fact that they were, they were um, some of the only women that really got to know some of the, um, the, the, the very high up, high up men in Rome. And because they couldn't marry until they were 42, when they did get married, they married some of these men who were on their second wives and wanted... Um, uh, a, you know, a woman that they could actually talk to. So in the end, you know, if, if they behaved themselves, they had quite good lives and they were, um, and I, I was sort of quite taken with that. And that's why the Venus investor came about because of the love and also the priestess side of things. And I think they make a nice connection. So um, um, yeah, that's how they came about. 
Ah, yes. Yes, I think it's so, and do you feel um, anything important with, or any connection now with, with the, specifically with the Venus retrograde in Vesta? Well, the the the, the best the Vesta side of things. I always um, so I have Vesta in in Virgo, and mm. I was kind of always thinking, well, that is is that too hard work? Is that too pure? You know, I, I, I'm you know I suppose with the Scorpio Moon, it's never going to be that pure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was rallying against that that purity. Mm. Um, but the, the 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 two planets together. They're not they're sisters, but they're not necessarily working together. You know that uh, Venus has so many complex sides to her, oh, and yeah. she's represented by um, you know more than just Venus. It's Aphrodite, and and you know she's quite willful and free, whereas Vesta isn't at all. So they they are um, sister sisters, but not um, working in the same way. They they work in very different ways. Yeah. Um, and I think that is with women, you know, we, ha we are that complex. And um, the other thing that I was feeling about with, an, and I do work with asteroids quite a lot, is the fact that with the coming of the divine feminine, we yeah. look at the asteroid belt as, as most of those asteroids are female. Yeah. They are coming into our consciousness and yes. so divine feminine coming back into our consciousness and that doesn't mean just women it also means the the feminine men and the reworking of what it means to be masculine but um yeah, yeah so i wanted um an asteroid to be, i wanted to work with asteroids um quite a lot because i felt that they had they're going to have much more of a place in our society all the planet or most of the planets apart from venus are male anyway or have a male um character well, not the moon, obviously, but the planets. And so, yes, yeah, so I think Venus and Vesta, it promotes the female side of things. It promotes, promotes or I, I like to think it promotes the divine feminine in that sense of it, of the return. Yes, yes. And that, it, I have to say, during this Venus retrograde, I, I feel that more than ever, I have to say. The, since this, actually, since the new moon in Scorpio, Yes. Or right around that time, doesn't it feel like this very powerful uprise? I mean, it's been it's been ongoing, but I don't know if it's just because of my personal connection to all the Scorpio energies in my chart, or it, I am actually picking up on something collective. Maybe the, the finale of Jupiter and Scorpio as well. But yes, it has this feeling of that dark goddess energy coming to the rise. I mean. I know it's a it's a longer process for it to completely take hold, but I mean, even what we saw in this last, um, you know, this midterm election in the United States with over a hundred women being elected. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that was quite. Yeah, I mean, that well, that's was incredible. More and than, that was that was definitely very comforting. I know that's that is wonderful to see and hear and I also felt something magical as well I felt like that I just had the realization that for 2000 years or more that women have been suppressed and the reason we've been suppressed is that we do have magical powers and that we do know what to do with our magical powers and that's why you see you know it's it's mainly women doing yoga it's mainly women doing astrology it's mainly you know there are some men out there and it's great to have them on board and I'm really not anti-men all this I'm, but seeing as we're talking oh, about Venus investor yeah. but um I kind of feel that the, you know our magical qualities um our qualities as attemptresses our qualities as priestesses have been suppressed and now they're coming out we, we don't mind being called a witch and before yeah. you know, we were we were drowned and put on the ducking stool or whatever they did to us burnt at the stake yeah and, and I really feel like now people we, we can talk about that thing and that I still feel that's even more we've gone taken another step forward recently in that whole process of reclaiming that power and being able to be much more open about it and I think that is this is what's happened during the Venus retrograde and like you say the the Scorpio new moon and the Jupiter going into Sagittarius this, these are good times oh yeah it's such a powerful time and um yeah, the, I think there's that research also with the, um, the other thing I think I really felt was the nodes backing into Cancer, yes. Capricorn, like the North Node in Cancer, so witchy to me, just feels so much about that inner high priestess energy coming yes. into consciousness and awakening like the sacred mysteries of the divine feminine. 
And like you said, it doesn't matter our, our, our sex or gender. It's, it's in all of our psyches. I mean, we have the inner masculine and feminine regardless of, it yes. becomes very complicated to talk about these days, but, but the divine feminine as that inner goddess and that inner high priestess who is the holder of the Akashic records and soul records and the part of us that remembers all of those, what, God forbid if we were burned at the stake or whatever, happened to our soul for owning those powers, you know, for before the patriarchy. Yes. And we're trying to return, we're trying to dismantle the patriarchal powers that be, and it's, it's a messy but necessary process. And, and I think that's going to start happening even more when Pluto and Saturn meet next year in Capricorn, and that's a whole nother um, subject and podcast I think but yes and also I think the the north node in cancer the, the thing about cancer and this and being in tune with the cycles and really understanding and working with the cycle I think is is an opening for um when that's when for the whole next year when north node is in, in cancer oh yeah oh yeah I know and it's it's interesting with the north node and um cancer that we are so much more affected by the moon cycles which everyone's been tuning i'm sure you've noticed on social media that that's been a huge trend over the last couple of years the moon cycles like everyone's obsessed with following the new moon and the full moon cycle the eclipses the eclipses we've got so oh yeah so much big news um, um and that's really lovely to see so everyone knows about eclipses now everyone knows mercury retrograde and the full moon and new moons are really coming into um sort of mainstream in a way oh yeah what do you in what do you feel uh, personally like how has it been for you since when did you start the venus investor project i started i think that must have been about three years ago i think three years ago okay yeah. And, and it was really before that I had, I sometimes hold, um, and I don't hold them every month. I just randomly hold, because it's in my house, I can hold them when I like, but I hold um, shamanic journey evenings on the full or new moon. So I get a few people together and uh, we talk about what the, the astrology of the time, what the moon is saying. And I'm doing it because I want to work with the moon, but also uh, I think, you know, I'm bringing, inviting people in who want to try out a little bit of um, shamanic journey in. So um, it became part of that as well, because I was emailing people um, what was going on with the moon, what was going on with the planets, what they could meditate on. And it, and it came from that because, and then I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to email you. I'm just going to put it out on Instagram instead. And so that's how it started. Ah, okay. Yes. And do you find, um, has it, by, by working with those archetypal energies, has it influenced you? Have you changed since you started that work? Definitely. And I, and, and I, I was very um, reticent and quiet about it when I started, but, um, and also I wasn't sure, you know, I, again, I think I, more than I'm saying that everyone else has this, uh, we've taken a step forward and been allowed to speak about our powers and our um, understanding of our own powers and, and uh, spiritual matters that I've also taken a step forward in that as well recently and, and, and over the, it's been a sort of slow burn because I think I was working in a corporate world when I started my shamanic homeopathy training and um, it, it, I just couldn't speak about it because people wouldn't understand. And now I'm moving in a different circles now. So it's, it's easier to, to talk about these things. And I think America is so far and Australia are so far ahead of the UK when it when it comes to talking about spirituality, about talking about tarot or ritual or, you know, new moons ceremonies, those kind of things. Um, and that's really lovely to see. And I guess it needs to happen a little bit more over here in the UK. I think it is, it's much more underground here. Yeah. Um, and, and sort of um, only people who live in Glastonbury do it kind of thing, but it, it is happening uh, mm. and we're just a step behind. <laughs> but it's happening, but you're, you're it's happening. happening. And, and I think, well, I'm, I guess I'm part of that whole wave of, of, of us coming out and talking about these things. Yes, that's great. And how have you been feeling this current Venus issue? This whole month she's kind of dancing between the opposition with Uranus. Well, you know, I, I, and also the square, and that's what I've kind of been okay. feeling, that, that you know, things I've been really made to look at the things that I value, the things I care about, of having to really work some things. Um, I don't have a significant other for, um, 
you know, to work through a relationship with. But in one sense, on, on, in the first week, I had um, four um, guys call me to um, either exes or a guy actually ringing me. I was, I was actually on a photo shoot, which was quite funny. And the, this guy rang and said, um, you know, hi, it's me. I, th I think I owe you an apology. And I'm like, well, yes. And the photographer was going, la, 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 I'm not listening to this because it was quite an embarrassing conversation. I said, yeah, yeah, you, you do. You owe me an apology. And, and, um, and he said, what, what's it for? And I said, well, it, you know, if you're not sorry, you know, how, how can you be sorry if you don't know what you're, you're, um, you're apologizing for? He's like, I really want to be your friend and I really miss you. <laughs> wow. And um, I said, and I had to tell him why what he and I it was so long ago I could hardly remember but I just thought no you need to know for all the women out there you need to know what you did wrong and so I had to tell him and that's where the photographer was getting embarrassed listening to, in in a jokey kind of way of course but oh, yeah. I had to tell him I said you know this is you you flirted with me and then you uh ghosted me you know I'm sort of putting that in a nutshell but he was um, <laughs> um yeah you well and um and he was immensely sorry. And I thought, wow, that's, that's um, um, you know, one of the things that I've had to think about, you know, the, the, and, and then several other guys have, have come back in contact. And it's like, crikey, this stuff is true. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, I've heard I've had a lot of people tell me about, like, stuff that they thought, they hadn't thought about, like, relationships or just people that you had been involved with that they thought was resolved that all of a sudden show, have shown up in the last few weeks. And there's, like, Yes. Mm -hmm. Unresolved issues and mater or material that they didn't even know was still hanging on. So that when it reappeared, they thought, wait, oh, okay, I thought we had settled this years ago, but it turns out the other person was still holding a grudge or there was still something that hadn't been talked about or it's been really interesting. And it seems like the Venus in Libra phase of this Venus retrograde has been more about the negotiation and reestablishing the harmony. It felt like Venus retrograde in Scorpio, like you said, was more about breaking the, the plaster or the, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. it? yeah, like breaking the facade, you know, breaking through the false facades of things and getting into the, the shadow or the darker corners of the relationships or the, yes. the contracts or the dynamics, you know, bringing the darkness to light or bringing the shadow to light. And then the Libra feels like it's about reestablishing the terms or renegotiating to get things back into equality. Yes. And also looking at yourself where that you might have made things, you know, compromised or kind of ignored things and made them nice where you've, you've become a, bit a Libra yourself where you've gone right, no, no, this is fine, it's fine, it's fine, when right. it's not fine. And, um, and realize that why are you attracting this stuff? You know, as a Libra, you want things and you, you, the, what, the feeling you inside, that Libra essence of trying to make everything nice and emitting so much uh, good things and love. Sometimes, um, you know, in, with Libra, you're giving too much, you've got to wait uh, and step back to receive. So I think also Libra, where, you, where you've also tried to make it nice too, you've made too much effort to make it nice and, and really that, like yeah wherever the yeah the, where things are out of balance with the give and take yeah. or the reciprocity it's interesting though this morning i woke up to um i don't know if you've you've ever heard of um it, it's a and cnn i don't know if they have a if that translates to british television at all do, do they have a cnn kind of thing there no we, we sometimes um have cnn as one of our channels but, but okay. um, we don't have a british version version okay. no yeah i don't i don't know if uh, farid zakaria does anything with bbc but i love him and he was interviewing uh, macron today and he was um they were they were having such a con it was such a libra conversation about peace like macron was talking about how it's so dangerous when people forget how essential peace is like the price you pay when you don't make that the priority when you you start getting into the opposite of libra when you start thinking but i want this my way or you know the problem the united states is obviously facing now with this crazy nationalism that's starting to i don't want to make this too political because then people start to go nuts in the mm -hmm. comments but yeah i mean it, we can't not be political these days really you know it feels like no. irresponsible not to talk about this stuff so yeah so the idea of like how dangerous it is when we try to the opposite of libra like go it alone and just think about our own interests and forget about harmonizing with others it's like a big price to pay for that too and i think that's being revealed and 
that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, so I, I totally agree. And also we've had Armistice Day today and, and I'm not getting political, but I'm just saying how there's been so many conversations about, you know, should we continue celebrating or celebrate or commemorating, should I say this? And I think it's incredibly important for us to keep, keep looking at these, um, uh, commemorating the wars, because it's not just about the World War I, it's, it's about other wars now too, that, uh, that we remember what happens when we go to war that we don't want to go to war again, and that we should see that this this is the devastation that war brings. And, um, you know, it's always going to be there. If we, in one of the people on the, on the news today said, you know, we, we weren't, by the time the First World War started, everyone had forgotten the Napoleonic Wars. No one was commemorating them. But I think yeah. that was in a time when people, you know, being a soldier was one of the, um, the one of the careers, a major career for you to take. And, so wars were happening much with the Napoleonic Wars anyway. So by the time they got to World War I, they'd forgotten. They'd actually forgotten how awful it is. And I think we, we must never forget. And I think that's very much the Libra Aries, the, the uh, Uranus going back into Aries for our 100th um, commemoration of the yes. World War so, yes, I know. I was thinking about that. It's interesting that we're doing our podcast today because that really feels very much in alignment with that opposition. Yes, exactly. And, 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 a, and a nice warning for all, all of us. And so especially now that North Node's going into cancer, it's like we can okay. have much more feminine ideal about this. Yes, in the motherland. And also I feel, um, well, today the sun is trining Pluto too, isn't it? Things in exact trying Pluto today. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. So there's so much, oh, that's very powerful, powerful energy. And Mars is still in Aquarius. And, and trining Venus as well. So trining Venus, right? Starting mm. to separate, but it's, yeah, they're still in that trine, trinal aspect. So I feel that Mars and Aquarius is trying to help bring all of this, what's good for, for all energy, like the collective spirit coming together. Yes. Yes, and also, you know, let's strategize, let's work it out, let's let's talk, you know, let's let's make it yeah, make it collaborate with the right people, like find mm. find commonality, not right people, but you know, kindred spirits coming together. Yes, I, I, I like that Mars uh, because Mars is, you know, that whole Mars retrograde this summer. I felt was like being in the doldrums, and um, I think we will notice another change when Mars moves into Pisces as well. That out. Oh that Aquarian, um, maybe overthinking with Mars, but-, but Yes, we've been in a Mar Mars and Aquarius forever. Yes, like the, the, it's been a long time. So I'm, I'm thinking there's so many changes. And, and I was gonna ask you about that, you know, that we're looking at so many planets changing signs in this- Oh this yeah, this month is huge. And this is the 11-11 portal month, because there's so many 11-11s happening this month. And then we have, yeah, Jupiter went into Sag in his own sign. So that was very powerful, that's very strong influence Chiron went back into Pisces yeah you're right I can't remember if Chiron was that this month or did that happen last month I can't remember even remember but yeah, that, that's what it was before the Venus went retrograde but okay okay it's so, so still hanging around the end of the sign okay and then yeah Uranus back into Aries and then Mars is going into Pisces on the day that Venus stations direct but Mercury goes retrograde in Sag yeah so but, that's interesting and Juno, I write about Juno quite a lot as well, uh, goes, has gone back and reverted from Gemini back into Taurus. And so there's another one. She's hanging around at, um, well, it's gone a bit further now, but th there's so many of these um, oh, end and beginning you. signs. Yeah, tell us about Juno and Juno in Taurus. Well, you know, Ju Juno in Taurus. So Juno firstly was in Gemini and um, obviously, well, not obviously, but Juno uh, as an asteroid that represents marriage and long-term relationships. Um, and in, in Gemini, it's going to be, let, let's talk about this, you know, and do we really need to be connected and, and the flirtation and the, and the sort of, um, you know, maybe, maybe your husband's driving you mad with the Gemini aspect of it. And maybe, um, um, you know, that there's, there's to talk about, you need to start communicating, but it's going back into Taurus. I kind of felt that's when in the marriage mm. or in any relationship that you can start thinking much more about how you feel about things. And, and is this satisfying me? What do I need to be, to be satisfied within this relationship and, mm. or any relationship? Um, 
the relationship that you might want you know think about what you really really want and 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 hopefully you can go and get it because because wow. it's happening at the same time as the venus retrograde so i think juno in taurus is a good thing it is about highlighting desires desires that you didn't think you know you know when when you write a wish list of what you want in a relationship you think oh no i could I'll, I'll accept five of those out of the eight or whatever but no 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 no. let's get 10 out of 10 on our list when we've got you know in taurus yeah let's let's satisfy ourselves and <laughs> within the relationship yes and there's such a loyalty also i feel it's more grounded and more about the long haul with taurus yes the little more embodied, mm -hmm. more embodied yes. connection yeah, and I think also when these planets revert back into another sign and come back again, I like the idea that they go back into a sign and it's all, you've only just had that lesson, but when it goes back, you kind of get it again. You get the lesson again and um, it's mm -hmm. almost like a little bit of mastery. You're like, you know, I've been here before and now I understand. It's like, maybe I didn't get it, but it's come back and I really get it now. So I like the idea that we've had so much of that happening. Me too, I do too. Um, and maybe we could just do a little tour since you're one of your specialties is the asteroids we could talk about. Maybe we could talk about some more of the, the goddess ones. Yes. Well, well, it's funny because um, people are trying to, uh, well, there's a debate going on now in astrology that Chiron is going to be or should be the, the new ruler of Virgo. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm kind of feeling that if there was going to be a new ruler, that it would be Ceres. She is the corn goddess. And mm -hmm. uh, I think Chiron has so many aspects of martyrdom as well that mm -hmm. I don't feel are totally in line with Virgo um, and, and there's, there's quite a lot of pain there as well. Uh, so anyway, so I feel Virgo, uh, Ceres would be much more of a match to be a ruler of Virgo if we wanted to get a new one. And not Ceres, hmm? not Vesta? Um, and Vesta, well, yes, Vesta and Ceres. So, you know, the, the many aspects of that Virgo and uh, being in service and also the fertility aspect of Virgo and the harvest. Um, Ceres is the corn goddess. She um, looks at how we nourish ourselves. Are we doing the right thing? Are we nourishing ourselves with the right food, with the right books, with the right people? So that's very Virgoan. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hoping, but yes, you're right. You know, it could be Vesta as well. Vesta mm. um, or, or Ceres rather than Chiron. What's Vesta doing right now? So uh, Vesta right now is, well, she is in, is in Capricorn. So uh, she's really got a work cut out for her in Capricorn because she's right next to Pluto and um, right on that part next year where she's got 21 degrees Capricorn. So that's when, um, that's where Saturn and Pluto are gonna meet up together next year. Ooh, so she's, um, she's the preview. Yeah, she, she's working on getting this right. So I kind of think there's, there's going to be big things happening next year. And I think in, in politics, and like I say, it's, it's a whole nother subject. But I think Virgo's, I mean, Vesta is there. She's, I mean, you've, you've just had been your midterm voting. Um, um, and I think she's trying to make things, um, sorting things out, prepping things. People are, you know, even for our Brexit conversations, she really okay. got in there and going, right, we're, we're going to sort this out. Oh, good. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So she's been on the case. And what about, um, okay, so she, that's so interesting. So yeah, and so she's technically also moving into that square then with Venus. Yes, yes, she is. It's very yeah. interesting. And then, um, and then also in that sextile with the sun. So in Scorpio right now, so is, um, wait, and where's Lilith? Is Lilith Aquarius? No, I've lost track. Uh, Lilith is in Aquarius. She's still in Aquarius. She's taking her time in Aquarius. Uh, uh, she's only at 10 degrees right now. That's right, because we had that Mars Lilith going on, but so now that's separating. Okay, she's at 10, yes. 10 right now? Yeah, at 10. She's about to, just about to move on. Sure yes, she's, I'm, sure she's helping us too. <laughs> The I, I definitely both Vesta and and uh, Dark Moon Lilith and and I love the tales and the aspects of Lilith as well because there's so much there's so much um, myth and legend and uh, misrepresentation and um, um, you know double-sided yeah. things about Lilith as well that um, I think she she deserves to have her time as well. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, and I was thinking about um, 
yeah, I felt like Lilith was playing a much stronger role over the summer, and now it feels like it's more Vesta coming in. Yes, and also I've been looking at CSA as well. Um, since I, there's been a brilliant book out at the moment about CSA and her life, and and it's I think it's worth reading. It's like it's written like a, a historical novel, and Ooh. she is in early Sagittarius now. She's at nine degrees Sag, Ooh. so Mercury is about you know she's right near Jeff, J Jupiter and. Um, Mercury is about to come back over onto CSA and they're about to meet. So I feel like CSA is, is always when the magic can happen, where you can, you can cast a spell um, and that's not literally a spell. It can be just a look. It can be, you know, a, a little wish that you put out there. And, um, and she's great at transformation. So, you know, if, if you want something, yeah, it's really great to see where CSA is in someone's chart to see where they can really transform things. Yeah. That's so great. I don't work much with her. I have to look. I have to look her up in my chart. Yeah. So and so I, I've been I've been looking at her a lot lately, and um, yeah. And the girls. I think what are the other goddesses? What are the other ones? Um, so you know? Pallas Athena. Pallas Athena. She's she's. Oh, uh, I know she's a warrior goddess, but she oft represents our genius, and um, she is in Libra right now. So again, um, so so at one point we had Venus. Libra and Ceres, um, sorry, Venus, Ceres and Libra all in, uh, Venus, Ceres and uh, Pallas all in Libra together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mixed up mm -hmm. there. So yes, Pallas Athena in, in Libra. So she's really given us the understanding that we really, you know, the, the, the mastery that we need in Libra to really get this Venus retrograde right and really understand that we can make this better. We can, um, you know, as a collective, take this Venus energy and create new new style relationships that are yeah. much better for everyone. Yes, it's very hopeful, and I, I love the idea of thinking that the it's all of these goddess asteroids that are really that have our back. It really feels like that. Yes, I, I do too. I love that idea that that you know that we have got these major planets that that run our daily lives, but the girls are coming back. <laughs> Yes, I know. And they're so, you know, rarely mentioned. So I think it's, they're, they're, I like, also love the idea that they're coming more into consciousness as we're ready to embrace that, realizing like they might have been more hidden because we've always given precedence to the planets, which are also obviously very powerful. Um, but these are almost like these backup, you know, like kind of like the run, like the behind the scenes, but now not coming out of, you know, hiding. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're slowly, slowly bring it coming back. Um, and um, yeah, so, so I, I even like their position between, uh, is it in between Mars and Jupiter, that they're between the inner planets and the outer, and that yeah. um, they're very, or, is, uh, or they're very karmically led. You know, they often have karmic tales for us, um, and where they are in our charts are um, often, the, the karmic tale that they have is often relevant to our own stories. I love that, yes. And um, I know it's, I know it's late for you over there. It's like probably after midnight, right? Or yes. Oh my goodness. Thank I you so much for staying up. Is there anything, any other last minute things you, any projects or anything you'd like to share? Well, well, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to really, I'm, I keep thinking about all the different aspects of happening for this week for Venus and, um, and um, you know, when, when she goes forward, because, um, okay. It's like I can really feel already, like you were saying, really feel already that there's going to be so many positive things that we've, we've, um, you know, we've had to look at. We really have had a whole summer, a whole year of retrogrades, and this is this is going to be good. And I and I'm kind of not fearing. I think the Mercury retrograde that's coming oh, yeah. is going to be, um, you know, it's a cinch. After what we've been through, it's it's not going to be too um, crazy because. Mercury is in Sagittarius and that's about the truth and I wouldn't mind betting with, with Jupiter there in Sagittarius and Mercury when they they're slowly going to come together I kind of feel that we're going to we're going to out some kind of corruption or um, I do too it'd be great yeah yes I, I think the United States election happened during a Mercury retrograde so in 2016 so yeah I'm and I think did you see that high five that uh, President Trump gave um, Putin in the uh, in oh, Paris today. You have no idea like if I told you all the things today you know he said if you saw did you see the tweet he said about the California fires I mean 
Oh no, I, I can't imagine. Like blaming it on a, like, you know, really compassionate. Like saying no more money for you guys, it's your fault. You didn't handle the forest. It was just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, just I every day it's like somebody said it's like the new one. Just have like permanent face palm at this point. Yes, I do actually follow him on Twitter. <laughs> just to realize yeah. Yeah, just so you can plant your face and get shocked, yes. Get shocked. This is really happening. It's, yeah, just to stay awake. I know it's stay woke as they said. Yeah, it's like we're definitely, yeah, it's, but the Sagittarius bright side, silver lining, I do feel I'm a Sagittarius rising, so I do like to look at the bright side too, and I have all that Scorpio. I think, I, that's amazing. I think this is, this is lucky, you know, Jupiter and Sag, we've got a whole year of things getting better. And yeah, I like them true. So when we had uh, Saturn going into, um, in 2012, we had Saturn going into, uh, Scorpio and suddenly you know the whole in, in the UK at least the very day we had a BBC panorama program that outed I would say the the world's worst paedophile uh, Jimmy Savile and that came out on that day so that was a very scorpionic um, and very Saturn and from that moment on there was light entertainment after light entertainment who came down who had been doing bad things or uh, you know little elements of abuse not half as bad as this guy and that was very Saturn in Scorpio but when so when um, when Jupiter moves into to Scorpio okay we had the Harvey Weinstein thing but um, but this time when Jupiter moves in it's so much more positive and it's we've got the Me Too campaign we've got the Time's Up campaign and wow. likewise when Saturn moved into Sagittarius we had um, we had the uh, refugee crisis we had that little the day that happened or the week it happened, we had that darling little boy washed up on the beach in Greece, that tiny little boy, and the whole world went mad and talked about, all we talked about was the immigration and the refugees, etc. And that was very Sagittarius. Yeah. So Saturn moving to Sagittarius. So we, we kind of, it, it kind of shows you the, what needs to be dismantled. Exactly. Yes. When Jupiter comes into Sagittarius, I think there's going to be so much more positive things coming out at each time. It's it's kind of following on. So I think we're yeah. lucky now that we've got Jupiter coming behind Saturn. You know, the Saturn comes in and bulldozes things, and then Jupiter comes around. And I think this year is we we've learned so many lessons, and I think they're going to play out. That our our learning is going to play out. Yeah, hopefully the wisdom coming to light. Mm. So good. Definitely. Yes. Good times. They're coming. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Wow. Well, it was such a pleasure to finally get to connect with you because we've talked mostly through, you know, email and well, actually yeah. through texting, I guess, uh, through Instagram and WhatsApp. And so it's such a treat to actually sit and have a full conversation. Finally, we're definitely worth the wait. Oh, yes. And it's been lovely. And I thank you so much for, for your introduction and for, uh, you know, let's, for doing this. This has been really a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time, and especially at midnight, for making this happen. Yes, I had a, I had a little second breeze there. I went, yes. Yay. We'll <laughs> yes. Great. Great. Perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. We'll have to do it again soon. Yes, I'd love to. I really would. Wonderful. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Yes, and thank you to everyone. That's, that is great. Thank you. Yeah.